Welcome to Just Dads Reading Books, a podcast about judging your kids for what they read. This is produced by Matt Martins and EJ Sanders. Music by Russian Baths. Oh, hey there. Welcome to Just Dads Reading Books. I'm here with my friend EJ. And I'm here with my friend Matt. Oh, that was adorable. That was a good one. Hey, good job, EJ. Uh, <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, this yeah. is Here's a fun thing. This is the first... This is going to be a very strange timeline reveal for everyone. This is the first episode EJ and I are recording mm-hmm. um, since we launched the show, which is... <laughs> if you're listening to this, that was mu- that was weird. Months That's months ago. ago. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but yeah, we this this is our... This is our first episode uh, that's not way ahead of time that we've just recorded after releasing the show, and just, like, very excited people are checking it out. Thanks, and we've gotten about a bajillion recommendations for books to check out. Everyone likes children's books, is what I've learned. Uh, Everyone's got lots of children's books they remember fondly, uh, which suddenly makes this show more intimidating to me. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of weird, the response we got right off the bat which was basically everybody just being like actually we don't like adult books yeah. we only want to hear about children's books so uh that was not the that was not necessarily the uh i guess the reaction i was expecting yeah but, uh, i love very, it very 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 grateful for that reaction absolutely so hi welcome hello everybody even though you've all been here for weeks and this is this sounds strange to you this is our first <laughs> time of just sort of recognizing that you exist hi we love you yeah uh this week we have some picture books to talk about uh we are discussing yeah. the author or the illustrator i should say sophie blackall uh she's written mm-hmm. a few of her own books she illustrated but she sort of started out as an illustrator first and has won many, many awards for her illustrations. Yeah, and uh, she mostly deals in, I guess, what would you call it? Kind of this creative nonfiction, yes. right? Like uh, a lot of her stories, uh, even the ones that she does, uh, just illustrations for, uh, seem to be true-ish stories, or at least based on a true story. Right. Um, in, in kind of the colloquial sense. But um, yeah, uh, you know, she started out, I think her first real um breakthrough was back in like 2002 and yeah. it's the first book that we were going to talk about right yeah we we for this episode uh read ruby's wish which is the first book she illustrated for she then went on to for a while do a series called ivy and bean which we did not mm-hmm. check any of those out uh but we then uh we read negative cat which is one of her more recent entries we mm-hmm. read finding winnie uh we uh-huh. found if you come to earth and Hello Lighthouse. Is that everything? Or was there one and more? And the baby tree. And the baby, baby tree. tree, of course. And the baby tree. So we read those six. Um, and across the board, my initial vibe on these was I had not considered this kind of nonfiction, like you said, in a while. I remember experiencing books yeah. somewhat similar to this as a kid, though. But the the big thing that stuck out to me is not only were these like nonfiction things, but at the end of most of these books not all of them but most of them there's like a whole breakdown like almost written for the parents of like why i wrote this and how i researched it and like ej and i read a graphic novel about Mm -hmm. uh jack the ripper i won't say the name but it's a very (laughs) famous graphic novel uh written by alan moore and the last like tenth of the thickness of that book 
is Alan Moore just laying out like all of the boats of research Very that he did. Stuff. And these books have that like same, th- I mean, it's just like one mm-hmm. page or whatever, but you know, Hello Lighthouse has like a bunch of information about all the lighthouses she visited and the things she learned. And it's, it's just interesting to have that included because it's like, I wouldn't read that to my kid. Like that the book presented this information, but like, I don't know. She's kind of obsessed with sort of, justifying her writing process to you or something or she likes not justifying but like she really likes explaining her art and writing process to you yeah i'd agree with that i think what she's more i guess the obsession isn't necessarily with the thing i think she finds those things interesting right and she wants you to know kind of the full context of everything that's going on so with hello lighthouse and with a couple of the other ones if you come to earth um the baby tree uh ruby's wish is big on this too um which is interesting because she actually didn't author that one right Uh, that was by shirin yim bridges yeah those books are just so um so enthralled with the stories they're telling about these people right she's very interested in the people that the stories that are about that that, that they're about right so um, that, that's, uh, that's what I gleaned from it with Sophie Blackhaw. I think it's less of an obsession necessarily with telling me why these things are and more like, oh, I found this interesting. Maybe you will too. Right. Yeah. I, and I, I very much kind of identify with that sort of, um, value basically. I'm, I'm getting more and more recently into just like a story that just chooses to be a, like about an event rather than like. We're going to be try really hard to make this about something. I mean, everything is about something, right? right? So you don't have to force the issue, basically. So like we have so many of these other children's books, especially that are just sort of like, this is about honesty and integrity (laughs) or like about lying and and the baby tree leans in that direction, right? The baby tree Mm -hmm. is about where babies come from. But the baby tree is more about like... How do kids get information? We talk so much on this show about like, you know, we like the stuff that doesn't talk down to kids. And hilariously, the baby tree is about (laughs) kids getting talked down to and effectively lied to by everyone. And how much more helpful it is if you would just actually provide them with the information they need to get through their life. You don't need to shelter them from uh, factual information, generally speaking. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's all the baby tree is about. And I love that it makes the point at the end of the book that it's like, then the kid is, becomes the educator. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> right. That's, uh, uh, but yeah, essentially the baby tree is uh, essentially this kid that just goes around and asks questions about where babies come from. Very simple mm-hmm. uh, concept of a book. Uh, gets told multiple different a- answers, but uh, throughout the way, you notice that all the seeds have been planted, basically, and uh, how uh, a baby gets made. And finally, right. he just asks his parents, and his parents are just like, "Oh yeah, no, this is how." It, <laughs> so it's this. They it's just the, tell the, It's the real way. Yeah. And then yeah. the back of the book, like she always does, like has literal information. Mm-hmm. Like the back of the book is basically a course guide for parents. It's like an FAQ yeah. on like here's how to talk to your here's kids to to your kid about, about yeah. having babies. And it's like you know you could. It's probably completely acceptable to um I don't know mention the parts of the body that are involved. That's not that big of a deal. <laughs> it, it or it shouldn't. Yeah be or whatever and it's I, I love that perspective i love that it's kind of like an actually useful resource but even more than that i genuinely love that the baby tree uh sends this bonus message of like mm-hmm. there's truth in everything people say even if it's right. a a lie or even if it's uh misinformation or whatever like there's truth baked in it somewhere 
Um, and that, that was the first one I read and I was like, whoa, this did like this crazy extra clever thing on top that I wasn't prepared for. I don't, I don't think I got quite that emotion out of any of the other ones. I got different. I mean, I, I, each one impacted me in a really, really different way, which is, if anything, my, my favorite thing about Sophie Blackall is she kind of has this insane range. She's like a very good researcher. She spends a lot of time on her art and, and trying to get it you know to be authentic authentically about what it's about um Mm -hmm. and within that like she hits a lot of very different topics whereas you know you you go back to like john classen and it's like well that was like six books that were more or less the same book over and over again even though i loved all of them right like the same jokes and the same ideas kind of being presented whereas sophie blackall is just like all over the map yeah yeah i really like uh yeah there's a lot of diversity even in the six books that we just read Mm -hmm. you know um finding winnie is kind of this story about a man and his bear right right like it's this very kind of uh i don't even know what to say it's like an adventure book almost Um, it's that one is the one i got the most obsessed with so so finding winnie is finding winnie the true story of the world's most famous bear and it's written by Lindsay maddock who is right the actual granddaughter granddaughter mm-hmm. or whatever of the person who created Winnie the Pooh. And this is yep. a children's book about the real bear that inspired Winnie the Pooh. And then it's also about how that specific story has been passed down through their own family's generations, which mm-hmm. is like such it. This one hit me harder than all the others yeah, because it's, it's such a beautiful like look at a personal story that we all, so many people, especially like in the West, have like a, a connection to Winnie the Pooh, right? Most of yeah. us grew up on some, whether it's the books or shows or movies or whatever, you've mm-hmm. experienced Winnie the Pooh. So we all sort of have our own little personal connection. But to see a story from the point of view of the family that's like, this is kind of our whole deal. This is this means everything to us. <laughs> yeah. Like it really tugged at my heartstrings in like a very different way than I've normally felt. Yeah, I, there's a lot of similarities too between that and Ruby's Wish. I thought, yes. which I thought was really interesting. Ruby's Wish is about um, somebody writing about their great grandmother mm-hmm. or their grandmother, right? So, yeah. um, you know, this book was written in 2002, and it's essentially about. Uh, the hardships of growing up in China uh, as a, a lady, you know, like, yeah, that's right. kind of what it's about. Right. Um, and uh, but at the end, you learn that it's actually about the author's, you know, great grandmother right. or, or whoever their relative. And it's the same kind of in Finding Winnie, the same parallel. So it's interesting that I think that these two projects, Sophie Blackall, somehow ended up on both of yeah, them. Yeah, right. And well, and she, these... she does that so many times. And it's right. What I love about it is she finds a way to take a thing where you could sort of just think of it like a an old fable or whatever. And I don't know, I feel like kids can kind mm-hmm. of see through when a story is just sort of a story about things. But the fact that all of these are like grounded in reality makes it mean something different. Like it just inherently is like, oh, this is about an actual person. And you just like mm-hmm. develop that empathy in a completely different way. You know, I, I think we think about fictional stories and the empathy we have for those characters differently than we do nonfiction pieces just inherently oh, yeah, because we absolutely. are suddenly presented with the humanity in a more raw way yeah and these stories too remind me of something uh you know one, one of the things i wanted to go back to was kind of the uh biography sort of way that they're written they remind me of things that i read as a kid 
not as children's books, but the things that you would find in textbooks yes. in like first and second grade, right? Whoa. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, like yeah. The old literature textbooks, you know, hardback, <laughs> Hewitt Packard or whatever it's called. <laughs> Hewitt, Hewitt whatever. No. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, the uh, the old textbooks uh, that these stories could absolutely fit in those, right? right. Like the, these are things to be learned about, not necessarily. Um, you know, not just enjoyed, I should right. say, uh, because they are enjoyable, but um, they, they are things that, that are experiences right. as well. Um, Hello Lighthouse is this sort of outlier to me because it's the one that feels the most like, why did we, why did we write about this? Like, what is this? Yeah. Do? And not necessarily in a bad way, but Hello Lighthouse is literally just the story of a lighthouse keeper from... Yep early day i mean from like what the 1920s ish or earlier it's it's talking about even like a very specific point in time for lighthouses because this particular lighthouse keeper is like there once they start automating lighthouses and gets to leave the lighthouse because they don't require people to just man lighthouses anymore though they right. the, you know lighthouses are able to run themselves and so they you know this person gets to go home or whatever and again, the the back of the book is filled with like, here's all the various research I did. But in the end, I did also kind of base this off of like one specific lighthouse and one specific family or whatever. And I don't know. It's interesting because it's it's that's all it's about. Like, it's just about the life of these people in this lighthouse. And, and I maybe I'm not looking far enough into it, but like I did not particularly glean you know, some bigger, broader message. I just got to learn about a person's lifestyle I would have otherwise never probably sought out and learned about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's just not a whole lot more to it. It doesn't feel like, but um, what I will say is it's a very beautiful book and mm -hmm. still, you know, like in the way that it's presented in the way right. that, um, you know, those concepts come across of just like, like I said, she's so very interested in the stories of the people exactly. inside, you know, like, the book is about a lighthouse, but the book is about the people inside right. the lighthouse, right? Yeah. Like, um, the family. I think the there. one that that really got me the most though was if you come to Earth, absolutely, which uh, has a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I don't know who this book is for, but it's for everybody. It's, it's for it's EJ. Another one of those. It's for <laughs> EJ for sure. Uh, really, really touching book. Uh, if you have a chance to pick this one up, it did win Children's Book of the Year from the New York Times in 2020. Mm. Um, and I think too, coming out in 2020, I'm you know. Um, if you you didn't know anything about 2020, <laughs> it's a weird year. It's like kind of it's a weird, weird year, year. Uh, <laughs> but and but pretty awesome out to then. yeah to get a book that's about like hey we live on a planet all together and sometimes like mm -hmm. we have to remember that we're on this planet with all of these people. It's it so if you come to Earth is a is a kid writing to aliens about yeah. hey if you should happen to come to Earth let me tell you about the people that live here and I mean right. it's it's about that it's about every person that's ever lived on Earth basically it really is and it <laughs> is really really well done I think I think Sophie has a really delicate way of dealing with everybody um and and just like and just understanding everybody's story um I'm not even gonna spoil this one yeah me, just go read you, this is this is the one to go this check is out one, go read yeah, yeah just go pick it up go read it um you know and just let it and just think about it because yeah. it's, it's just a really good thinker of a book it really is I, and i would say this one too from the parents perspective this is the one that's got the most interesting um sort of epilogue thing to it the others it's like mm -hmm. the hello lighthouse is literally like let me basically restate everything that this book was exactly about i'll just tell you about right. like, she gives you the history of lighthouses it's like well but i yeah i saw that in the book that you wrote that there's the history <laughs> but like <laughs> if you come to earth 
she mm-hmm. talks about all of the travels she went on and the research she did to try and very like she she wanted to write a book kind of about this but she didn't know what that would mean yet it feels like a documentary like it feels like a person just going out there to find the story and letting the story become what it was she she talks a lot about like i wanted there to be a uh, the narrator the the kid writing the letter and i had to i had to base that off of a real kid every single picture in if you come to earth is based off of a real person you know she took photos and then illustrated those people so that it's not just some again back to that like commitment to humanity and reality none of the faces in that book are just like oh it's like a little character it's like no that's jeff i met (laughs) jeff in kansas and and this is what jeff is uh, all about like (laughs) yeah it's very uh people of new york yeah yeah it's just like yeah it's folks that uh you know she took a picture of and and illustrated and now they forever are entombed in this book you know in a good way right (laughs) and then finally there's negative cat uh, yes, a negative cat is is a completely different book from all of the other ones. Uh, a negative cat is just a fiction book about a fiction story, and it's just about this kid who really wants a cat, and yep. the parents agree to get him a cat, and, but he has all these rules he needs to follow. You know, it's the, it's the thing you do as a parent. You say, hey, if you want, you got to be responsible for this cat, and you got to do this, that, and the other. Uh, and then the cat he gets is just a little mean old negative yep. cat, just a negative Nancy cat that just doesn't want to <laughs> play and doesn't want to do any of the cool stuff or whatever. Oh, but this one also has real people in it. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Negative cat has uh, uh, like an entire like third grade class or something. Yeah. 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 Um, that she like went and met. So it's went like even this book that is like a completely fiction book. Yeah. About a negative cat. She still has she this still, absurd like yeah. commitment to, to doing this stuff. And it's uh, negative cat in the end is mostly just it ends up being about uh, like readings. Good, huh? I like books. Yeah. Books are great. And the way the only way that this kid is able to turn negative cat around is a actually do the things there's you know do your homework or whatever mm-hmm. clean your room whatever it is uh but when he sits down to read the stuff he's supposed to read negative cat comes and plops in his lap and negative cat just wants to chill come on hey negative cat just That's wants it. to chill out a little and you know meet negative cat on negative cat's terms negative. don't don't you know don't don't make negative cat into something negative cat's not supposed to be that's right negative cat is <laughs> negative cat and that is all <laughs> negative cat wants to be <laughs> This one is a funny one in the context of all these others because it's such an outlier, but it's it's it just is. it's really funny. Um, yeah. So I don't know what Sophie Blackall. I I can't say um that sh- this was like the most wrapped up in sort of a body of work I've been. You know, I I think I've liked the other yeah. stuff a bit more, but it did fascinate me across the board. You know, just just again that that sort of depth of experience and the like. Uh, the number of the, the range that Sophie has in primarily her illustration style, right? But a few of these were written by her. Um, I, I just think it's really fascinating to follow an author like this that it's like, I don't know, it feels like she is some sort of professor at a university that happens to yeah. write picture books instead of write like, new theses for medical journals or something or like you know she's not writing philosophical works for adults she's writing kind of investigative human stories for children and that's just like such a cool cool thing what a cool life (laughs) that she has (laughs) yeah yeah i think overall my glean like what i've taken away from sophie's work is just that i you know i appreciate this style a, a lot 
I won't say I appreciate it more than something like Classen. Yeah. But, you know, it's definitely, I think, an underappreciated style yes. of, of, of children's books and illustrations. Um, obviously, it's not underappreciated at the at the award winning level. <laughs> right. Yeah. Does have <laughs> does have two Caldecott medals. So. <laughs> She's doing all right. She's um, doing all right there. You know what these feel like to me is when I talk about like a John Classen book, I'm like, that's a book I want to own so I can read it all the time with my kid. Right. It's it's a yeah. thing I want to come back to because it's funny and that's the sort of playtime I want to have with like my kid. And it makes me think about the two different environments that my young child might read in. One is at home where we're goofing around, having fun, engaging in that way and and, and trying to keep things, you know, lighthearted or whatever. And then there's like, go to the library and learn something. Like you, you, you right. grab one of these off the shelf, you read it, you've experienced the story. There's not really a need necessarily to reread it over and over. Although I probably could just reread if you come to earth like every day and and have a, a, a rich fulfilled <laughs> a life yes yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh outside of that like you go there you experience that story and you learn a little bit more about a person that has existed and and you just sort of accrue that empathy by nature of experiencing their stories or whatever and and i i forget about that and i've been going to like our story times more and more and i'm trying to do more of that just like grab something off the shelf and just sit down with it and see what it, you know, see what it is, just experience a story. And I think that these are like that perfect example of, you know, the, the sorts of stories you can just become um, introduced to through, you know, a local library or whatever. Yeah. Very, very textbook, but also very empathetic. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the best way to describe them. Uh, books that you would see in a textbook, hopefully. I mean, right. honestly, like I, I felt like I've read Ruby's wish before. <laughs> right. It yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it does feel like something that you've read before, but it, but it also feels entirely new at the same time with just the amount of, of love and care that, that Sophie seems to, to write with. Um, but I would be interested in checking out, uh, more of her illustrations. Yeah. Um, you know, we basically covered everything that she was an author illustrator of, but, right. um, uh, as far as her other illustrated books, I would be interested to see how, how deep this goes. Yeah. Well, she did a, she did a, in 2021, she did the Beatrice prophecy with Kate DiCamillo, which we just, yeah. you know, we just talked about Kate DiCamillo recently yep. too. So it's like, there's all these cross connections and I, I'm definitely interested in what that one could be because partnering DiCamillo's writing style with mm -hmm. Sophie's illustrations is, is definitely um, very interesting. I can't say like, I'm like, in love with Sophie Blackall's art style. Like it's, it's not something that I think um, pulls me in, but mostly because I'm stupid and I like stupid things. And <laughs> Sophie's very smart and she, and she draws smart things. So it's a harder stretch for me. And I kind of have to force myself to keep an eye out for these kinds of things. You know, I, I, mm -hmm. I, I lean towards the John class and is like, Oh, I, I, where's my hat? And it's just like a <laughs> stupid bear on the cover. Like that, that <laughs> really draws me in for some reason. And I need to be more open to, you know, these kind of, uh, these other, um, more serious looking things because uh, there's so much to be gained from them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was, that was a quick and easy one. All these picture books are too easy. Uh, but you know what? We've made things extraordinarily difficult for ourselves because next week <laughs> is uh, we have to do an episode about Aragon, which uh, I don't know how yeah. far you are, EJ, but I got some. I got to get on. <laughs> I got a little work to do. I got, I got work a little to meat do. to chew that off. Book that is like, we, we kept saying we want to do fantasy, and it was like, oh, yeah, wait, Aragon, that's like super fantasy. And then I was like, and oh, it shoot. It's very, very, it's so much 
It's a big book, so uh, hopefully I can finish it in time uh, for for next week's episode, and we can continue our train of you know talking talking fantasy novels so that we can read another Terry Pratchett book. And what's been really great is again since launching the show, many many people have been submitting uh, more fantasy options. I think the biggest thing I've noticed is there's a lot of children's sci-fi that maybe I've forgotten about. Yes. Young adult children's yeah. sci-fi that is really getting submitted. I think that's kind of the biggest genre I've noticed that's taking a step up. And I know we've covered, or we're going to cover some children's sci-fi, right? Yeah, and I know at some you point. And me personally are on kind of a sci-fi kick right. in our lives. So. Right. Um, yeah, uh, I'll be excited to see, read, uh, ingest more of that. Keep sending us your suggestions. Please. Maybe send them via email. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> easier. Can... Discord is so hard to keep track of. So I'm, <laughs> I, I love engaging with people on. You know, we basically so far we're just engaging on like the Space Cats, Peace Turtles, and Old Gamers mm-hmm. Almanac Discords, like in the book channels or whatever. And right. that's fine. Like this is a small show for now. You know, we're not going. We we don't have specific plans to like go any bigger than that. But we right. would especially love recommendations to our email mail just adds reading books at gmail.com and that way we can uh, log them much easier so yeah please please do that especially fantasy stuff especially shorter fantasy stuff i don't i do not need uh you know 50 aragon length things on our <laughs> list of things to read i would like to, to check out shorter stuff as well uh, ursula k Le Guin was thrown out and i did not know that she did like a young adult series and that interests me deeply i very much want to do that so yeah keep sending them in and thanks for hanging out with us Uh, uh, what are you doing here what are you still doing here get out go read some books love you bye